0: Vikes moved to 3-1 and thanks to a double doinker in London versus the Saints. We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk.
1: CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers
0: the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot list. what room. you gotta
1: do to me. Instant analysis. Yank. Out you go. Post
0: game breakdowns and red hot takes.
1: The Timberwolves need a stick.
0: Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your daily 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. Find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV and on Care11. And Reg, Victory Monday yet again. I could get used to this, man. This is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it only took three heart attacks and, <laughs> you know, a couple – Couple cups of coffee and mm-hmm. a couple of dope beverages for the fans, but they mm-hmm. did it. They got it done. They they left with the dub.
0: Lots to get into, but first, remember follow along on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow at Locked On Min. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available all platforms Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson show, you got the football party and more. It's your one stop shop with endless viking stock with local experts do us a favor hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review all right to football we go week four action vikes saints in london no time for the snooze button yesterday 8 30 a.m kickoff vikes get off to a hot start march down the field once again great opening script by koc and company get up seven nothing and you're thinking okay Early lead, Andy Dalton in the game. No Kamara, no Michael Thomas. Saints down multiple starters on the O-line. This could be a nice little trip over the pond. Vikes' defense held the Saints in the first half nicely. Zedaria Smith with the sack. Harrison Phillips with the fumble recovery. The problem, though, Reg, Vikes' offense despite opportunity after opportunity, never could put this game away, stalling over and over again down in the red zone thanks to a lot of miscues, multiple penalties, settling for field goals. Luckily, special teams was absolute dynamite. Greg Joseph, 5-for-5, including the go-ahead winner. Chris Boyd, forced fumble and recovery on a punt return. And the trifecta, you get the fake punt. Ryan Wright, former high school quarterback, hooking up with Jalen Naylor. Offense just couldn't do much with those opportunities, though. Again, defense eventually kind of tired down. You could see it in the fourth quarter. Saints had their way, marching down back-to-back touchdown drives to take the lead. Just like last week versus the Lions, though, when you needed Kirk to kind of flip on the switch, he was there, absolute dime to Justin Jefferson for a big gain to put them in field goal range. Vikes up three, Saints somehow getting a field goal range with less than 30 seconds left. Will Lutz comes on for a 61-yarder. He just made a 60-yarder earlier, just minutes before. It goes double-doink off the crossbar, dramatic fashion. Vikes come out on top. Win another close one here, despite kind of looking sluggish and clearly they're just not playing their best football yet. But yet, here we are, three and one, tough part of the schedule over. So, how should fans feel here today, Reg? You know, on this team, they're nowhere near their level of potential, which I guess is kind of concerning. Yet, you sit here today, this morning, Monday morning, atop the NFC North, sitting here at three and one. I think they should just feel
1: thankful, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a win is a win. a win is a win. And so I think the, the prevailing thought is as long as they win, they're all good. Like there are some deficiencies there. There are some things that need to be cleaned up. There are some things that concern you when you think about their long-term success this season, but they got the dub, man. Like they, they got out of London with the dub. It was a happy flight home, a long flight home, but a happy flight home. Uh, in front of Ted Lasso and the cast and crew, that was great. It was funny. Mm. I made the I made the joke last night when we uh, did Vikings extra. I was like, if Ted Lasso was was out there, he would say, "I want us to go out there and end it like Willie Nelson on a high." And that's what they did. <laughs> they went out there and they, they ended they ended it on a high. You know what was interesting is they had a chance to just bust this game open several times mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. You know, you you think about some of the drop passes from Justin Jefferson, uh, specifically the one in the end zone. Kirk threw it kind of behind him. Justin had to contort himself to try to catch it. He couldn't come up with the catch in the end zone. But it's interesting. It seems like you ever, like, see someone just, you know, getting – outmatched and, and just kind of be down on. It's like you're getting all these body shots. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. And then all of a sudden, like you get a chopping in the throat and you're like, wait a minute. No, <laughs> you didn't. Did you just? And and like it was like the the chopping the throat was what the Vikings needed to be like, okay, 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 let's stop playing. Let's go out here and end this thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just wish especially as a fan too, those fans watching, like sometimes they just wish that the Vikings would just take care of business early and just kind of coast to the rest of the the way, you know, because when you have a lead, you can kind of pin your ears back, do a little bit different things on defense and and make things happen. Um, You got to be a little bit more aggressive to, you know, force turnovers and get takeaways and get sacks and all that stuff. And they had a backup quarterback yesterday. You know, Andy Dalton is an accomplished quarterback in this league, but he's a backup. And so the hope is that you could be able to pin your ears back and get after him and and really make some things tough, especially losing Michael Thomas, Kamara, Mm -hmm. a couple guys along that offensive line. Like, this thing probably shouldn't have been as close as it was. And that's a little bit concerning, but they got out of there with the W. You thought maybe that extra point that, uh, Greg Joseph missed was going to end up being a little bit larger than, than it ended up being, but it, it worked out. Joseph is the unsung hero, but at some point these drives that are supposed to end with six, but are ending in three have to like turn around like you got to start getting six out of this out of these drives and i think that's one of the concerns if you if you really think about it with this team with teams coming up like you know arizona dallas the the giants the bills the commanders like these are going to be some tough games and they're going to have to put these teams away to be able to win these games or they're going to have to be able to match them blow for blow and if you know you play a team like Buffalo you saw what they did yesterday coming back from a 20 to 3 deficit I believe it was mm-hmm. to win that game you play a team like that Josh Allen and Diggs if they have it cooking up like you can't be out here you know all right we're going to settle for a field goal like no like you need to score 7 against them every time you get down there in the red zone or it's not going to end well for you. And so I think that's one of the things that kind of concerns you about this Vikings team, but they got the win. We can't be over here overly critical, I guess, because they Mm -hmm. ended up leaving with the W. Well, that's
0: the Exactly. That's the thing, right? Uh, I mean, plenty to nitpick and we will specifically on the offense all week, but Boy, going back and watching the film all week is a lot easier after a W. Going into the fourth quarter, in fact, about midway through the fourth quarter, Vikes defense and special teams, two forced fumbles, a converted fake punt, there were four for four on field goals leading up to that point. Two solid punt and kick returns. Kenan Nwongo had a 33-yarder. Jalen Rager had a 22-yarder. And as you mentioned, Saints without their three core offensive players, Winston, Kamara, Michael Thomas. And yet despite all that, Vikings trailed midway through that last quarter. Games within mm-hmm. the games, though. The trenches. This is what I really noticed. Saints D-line versus Vikes O-line. I found it really concerning Frustrating at times, the lack of running room for Dalvin Cook. How many times was he absolutely blasted at the line of scrimmage? One yard no gain, two yards at most. Outside of the one he almost broke where he got tripped up, should have been a tripping penalty. And then two other great bounces outside later in the game where he picked up a chunk of like 10 and 12 yards. There was absolutely nothing working. And that Saints D line was manhandling the Vikes O line. And when you have so little movement on first down, so little production, it makes things really tough on second and third down. And they were able to pin their ears back and just get after Kirk Cousins. Was this a case of the Saints defensive line just being a better unit in that game? Or is this the Vikes O-line maybe we all kind of assumed we would get before the season that's maybe starting to regress back to the mean a little bit?
1: Yeah, the the tough part too, um, I made a tweet yesterday. <laughs> I made a tweet yesterday, Luke. And it was just from my observation, uh, watching that offensive line yesterday. Not only did they not provide as much help for Dalvin to run mm-hmm. but they also had pressure in Kirk's face the whole time and you know like when when Kirk is getting pressured like that, he's getting like antsy, he's letting the ball go too early, he's not going through his progressions fully and that's what happened on that would have been touchdown play where he went underneath to Adam Thielen and mm-hmm. as the play kind of developed a little bit more, J.J., Ended up breaking late wide open in the back of the end zone. And you're like, Kirk, what's going on? But like, he had pressure in his face just about all day yesterday. And I made the tweet and I was like, anytime the offensive linemen are turning around and running back <laughs> towards the quarterback, you know it's a problem. Cause you know that they've broken contain and let some guys through. And Kirk is now on an island. And, you know, Kirk is not one of those guys who tries to extend plays. When the rush comes, he's going down. He's like, oh, no, oh, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's different with Kirk as opposed to, you know, guys like a Burrow or a Mahomes or a Herbert or a Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you know, when guys are coming, you know, Josh Allen kind of reminds you of like Ben Roethlisberger back in the day when guys are like – Coming at your feet and you know diving at you, you're finding ways to twist and turn out of it and things like that. The Vikings don't have a quarterback like that. When the rush comes, Cousins is folding up because he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not. Mm-mm. Nope, I didn't sign up for all these hits. Mm-mm. Nope, I'm going down. Play to live, another play." And so, I think that was a little concerning. And you know, through the the first several weeks, you're like, "Look, the pass." protection is growing like it's it's not exactly where it should be but at least they're doing their thing in the run game and i think that part is a little tough because yesterday you know like look not bad production 20 carries 76 yards for dalvin it's not bad per se but it's not great um you would like to see them, if they can't do one, at least be able to do the other well. And yesterday, they were just kind of average or maybe even below average on both fronts.
0: Yeah, bikes ran the ball 25 times, averages 3.2 yards on the ground. Like you mentioned, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 76 yards. If you're going to get stalled out at the line time and time and time again, it's like you need that one big one. You need to bust that one long one. And I feel like he had it. But again, he got tripped up. No tripping penalty. Brian O'Neill with not one but two penalties, by the way. When's the last time we've said that? Been a while. Darisaw didn't allow a pressure last week, remember. Allowed a sack and a pressure within the first 10 minutes of the game. So it was tough sledding oh, in the Lord. trenches for sure. And credit to the Saints D-line too. I know they haven't been very productive this year so far. Obviously just a 1-3 and three record. But that Saints defense just as a whole has always been known to cause a lot of havoc for sure. The league always almost comes down to your play. Playmakers, though, Reg, at the end of the day, the X-Factors, right, the superstars, Mm -hmm. the best coaches in the league. They find a way to create one-on-one matchups for their star talent, and KOC did that. We talked all week about what a tough matchup this would be. Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best in the business. But JJ was that dude. JJ was that guy. Ten catches, thirteen targets. Buck forty-seven. He had a TD on the ground. Massive catch when the team needed it the most, late in the fourth, up the sideline. It was superstar on superstar. And Sunday we saw Justin Jefferson take over when Kirk and the offense needed him the most. How good is this guy, Reg? Justin Jefferson. I
1: don't even think there's hype at this point. I think it's just it is you just what it is. The it. guy's a, yeah, the guy's a great receiver. So here's the thing. Last week, a lot was made about Jeff Okuda and Mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. And then this week, DK Metcalf came out and was just like, uh, it's not necessarily that Okuda is like just locking folks up. Like he has some help over the top. And it was interesting because the saints were like, look, we believe in our guy. We believe our guy can go out there and match up against your guy and we'll take our guy in any and every situation. And that's what they did. But it was interesting listening to Justin Jefferson after the game. He was saying that, you know, he's been doubled and tripled in past weeks. And nobody's really been talking about that. Like I said a few weeks ago, I don't believe that Darius Slay really locked him up. I just don't think the offense executed very well. And then last week, you know, the numbers show that Okuda, quote-unquote, locked him up, but there were other things in play that, you know, maybe those numbers didn't necessarily bear out. This week, he said after the game, like, look, if I'm matched up one-on-one against anybody, I believe I'm going to win that matchup every time. And he went out there yesterday and showed that. Like, there were certain times where he beat Marshawn Lattimore. You know, I'm looking at that that deep out route that he ran. He tried to catch it with his chest, and it just kind of went through and he dropped it. You know, he beat Lattimore on that that play in the end zone. Kirk didn't throw it to him. He beat Lattimore uh, on the the play earlier in the end zone. Kirk didn't throw him a good pass. and And, you know, he got two hands on it, so you call it a drop. But, you know, that was just a tough play to make. But you expect him to make those type of plays. And so, but he came back and was just like, look, you know, and this was part of what I talked about on Vikings Extra last night on Care 11. Like, he went back there and didn't let, you know, some of those, you know, unfortunate happenings in the game with him yesterday affect how he was going to continue to keep pushing. And, you know, I think this team, and look, Justin Jefferson had it before, so I'm not saying that it took a new head coach or whatever, but this team seems to kind of move forward in the identity of their head coach and their head coach has established up until this point that he's an aggressive dude and so Mm -hmm. he has that mentality in all of his players and justin jefferson had a couple plays that he liked to have back and all that good stuff and the offense was really kind of sputtering at times but when they needed him the most he went out there and did his thing he was getting open he was making it easy for Kirk when he dropped back to just throw it to him or throw it up to him and and know that Justin Jefferson was going to win that matchup and come down with it. And that was very encouraging after a couple of weeks where he was a little quiet. He came out there and, and really showed why he was getting double teamed in, in these past few weeks. It's like, yeah, you might want to throw another guy over there because that dude is, is, is a different dude you could tell he really put the work in in the offseason to make sure that in those one-on-one matchups nine times out of ten he would probably say ten times out of ten but nine times out of ten he's winning those matchups and what was interesting too yesterday is they got back to using him in multiple ways that touchdown that he had on the sweep as easy as it gets and i think it even got the cameraman a little bit it was just like wait does does jefferson have the ball like because he was just like walking into it. It seemed like as he was like walking towards the end zone, it was like, okay, surely he doesn't have the ball because he can't be all that nonchalant going into the end zone. It was like, no, 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 he actually does have the ball. That's a touchdown. You're about to see a gritty in London. And so that was that was interesting. I, I tweeted yesterday. I think they have been running up until last week from the start of the season, they have been running this action and this motion type stuff with Justin Jefferson so much, him providing him him providing like a decoy, or him being a little bit more like a, like hey, look at me, look at me, and drawing attention. You think about that touchdown to Adam Thielen last week. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson drew the double team and all the attention from everybody on the defense when they left. Uh, Adam Thielen just butt naked open in the back of the end zone. I feel like they've been calling the defense's bluff. For so long, you know, since the start of the season, like, hey, here's some action with JJ. Like, look at him, look at him, and defenses are like, you know, it's like the the girl who cried wolf. They're like, okay, you're not you're not fooling us anymore. And then it was like, oh wait, wait, no, they actually gave it to him. Wait, he actually has the ball. Oh shoot, we just missed it. We messed this one up. And he just waltzes into the end zone, and. That's some good play calling. That's some good coaching right there. And so you see some things that give you some some confidence about this Vikings offense. And we know that this team is going to go, well, this offense is going to go as Justin Jefferson takes them. But it was nice to see last week that they can get the other guys involved. But back to this week, it was like, okay, we know what our bread and butter is. When we can get the ball into Justin Jefferson's hands, special things happen. And I think they're going to try to find different ways to scheme him open, to to get the ball in his hands and let him do his thing, because that's how this offense can be successful. And the more they do that, I think the more you'll see some of these drives not stall, you know, a lot of things in play, getting some pressure relief from Kirk Cousins face, and all that stuff. I think if they can, if they can get some of these things cleaned up, there are some things there that would cause you to feel like there's a lot of good that can be um, done in this Vikings offense. And it starts with how productive Justin Jefferson can be.
0: Yeah, talking about scheming him open too. Did you see him in the backfield? I think it was the first or second drive early in the game. They put him in the backfield. They get him matched up on a linebacker, Pete Werner, and it's just an easy pitching catch like it's just taking candy from a baby. I think we're starting to figure it out, as you mentioned. It just might be a week-to-week thing when it comes to Justin Jefferson's production when it comes to statistics and box score. Weeks one and four puts on the absolute show. Weeks two and three, he's quieted as defenses, as you mentioned, forced extra attention to his side that's just going to open up things for Adam Thielen, KG Osborne, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook and company. Uh, These first four weeks now in the books, I told you I was nervous at the beginning of the season. Two and two at best, if I'm being realistic, was my hope. One and three in the back of my mind, maybe on the table. Here we are, three Mm -hmm. and one. Hasn't looked pretty, but you'll take them any way you can get them. They all count the same. What's your assessment of each phase of the team? Offense, defense, special teams, just maybe a quick grade or quick thought now officially through the first quarter of the season.
1: I'll give the offense a, a B minus because mm-hmm. they, they do enough good things where you're like, okay, this is good. but Yeah, they can be, they're not they can great, be but they're doing enough, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. they can be better. I'll give the defense a C. They're just average. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just average. You know, at times the they allow offenses to really just chop them up. You know, they talked about playing that bend, but don't break defense. Well, they're mighty bendy sometimes. They, they're really mm-hmm. bendy to the point where you're like, oh, shoot, is this about to break on us? So that's something. The the special teams, A plus. A oh, plus.
0: Phenomenal. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. Even
1: phenomenal. when things are not going well, you know, you look at that Philly game, things were not going well, but they come up with the field goal block that almost could have changed the game. You know, yesterday, it was looking like things were gonna go a little south for for the Vikings with the the Saints kind of grabbing the momentum. And they come out there and Ryan Wright throws that pass to Jalen Naylor on fourth down. And and all of a sudden they're in business. They're able to go down and kick another field goal. That that helped them yesterday. And, and yeah, some you, of these returns you, as well. Like you, you just mm-hmm. give them an A plus for that.
0: Yeah, you don't come away with two victories and back to back games that you easily could have lost without great special teams played so cliche but three phases man special teams will make or break a couple games every year for you vikes mm-hmm. the past two weeks special teams giving them a slight edge and helping them come away with the W Vikings survived the madness over the pond they sit atop the NFC North at three and one take on the Chicago Bears next week at home kickoff at noon plenty of more Vikings NFL talk to get into next we're getting into our what does it mean segment but first Vikes Super Bowl odds moved to 18 to one after the the win just creeping up and up here a little bit week after week. You can check those odds out and more with Bet Online. BetOnline.net fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and game stats, news, and info. You want it, they got it. Bet Online makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net. Where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on The Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Find us streaming, again, on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices, and look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. All right, time has come. Favorite segment, what does it mean? Let's jump right into it here. First one up, you can't stop Cooper Rush, Reg. You can only hope to contain him. (sighs) Cowboys now 3-1 and with him under the helm. So what does it mean for Dak Prescott when he is finally healthy and ready to return with Cooper Rush on his current hot streak?
1: I tweeted it last night, and I'll keep Mm. it short and simple on this. What does it mean? It means that Dak ain't getting that job back. He's about to be a high-paid backup.
0: I don't think a lot of people can argue, man. If you're winning games in the NFL, even if it ain't pretty, if you're winning games, they're gonna let you ride out that hot streak, man. Case Keenum. Look at what Case Keenum did when he came in for the Vikes, man. You just you roll with the hot hand in the NFL for sure. Mm. Short and sweet. Let's move on to the next one: Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. Form a combination of a 10 and 1 record. So, what does it mean when it comes to the NFC East being one of the best divisions in the NFL?
1: Get out of here. I don't believe in the Giants. They got Danny Dimes as quarterback. And we'll see what happens with the Cowboys. What's interesting is, like, you know, I kept it short and sweet on that first question, but you think about how Dak Prescott came into that job, and it's like the same thing that makes you laugh can make you cry. Mm -hmm. Romo hurts his back. Prescott comes in and lights it up. And all of a sudden, it's Dak's job, and Romo is a high-paid backup as well. Here it goes with Dak. Comes in, gets hurt again. And Cooper Rush comes in. And, and not only does he look competent, like that offense is humming with him back there as quarterback. And you you do see some deficiencies, like he, he doesn't have that rocket arm or anything like that. But he can just get it done. And he makes the right decisions out there. He's not out there making mistakes. and. That's going to be interesting how, how this plays out moving forward. But the, the Eagles are clearly the, the class in that division. And I shudder to see like who really is going to challenge them. I know they're going to you know eventually stub their toe. You can't win them all and all that good stuff. But they have some winning recipes to not only win that division, but to really kind of challenge in the NFC. Schedule
0: coming up, Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers. I mean, you can't write out the Steelers, but they're just not playing Steeler football right now. Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers. I'm only seeing a couple losses on the schedule. Granted, long season, let's not jump to conclusions, but they clearly look like the cream of the crop in the NFC right now. That's all I'm saying through four weeks. All right, next one up. Justin Fields had his best statistical game of the season Sunday. Here were the numbers. 22 pass attempts. 11 pass completions and 174 passing yards by far the worst starting quarterback in the nfl statistically through the first four weeks what does it mean (laughs) for fields confidence level as retaining the starting quarterback position for the bears for the long-term future is justin fields the long-term guy in chicago rich
1: yeah I, i think so absolutely i look he's still young he's still figuring this thing out i think the tough part about what Justin Fields is is doing is he's still kind of learning the NFL game. But when you got these guys setting the league on fire like Herbert and Burrow and, you know, Jackson, Mahomes and all these guys that had early success and have sustained that success. It's kind of tough to to see Fields just kind of go through the motions and, and really just kind of take his lumps with his growing pains and things like that. You think about it, Jalen Hurts didn't necessarily light it up and light the league on fire either when he started out. There were people calling for his job and saying that he wasn't necessarily ready. And now look at him, killing it. One of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. And so I think you just have to give these things time. Like he's still trying to figure these things out. Here's the thing. When you give a long leash to a guy like Sam Darnold, when you give a long leash to a guy like Daniel Jones, those guys, I don't believe are are all that great. You know, but for some reason they've gotten such a long leash and look, this is probably a, a conversation for another day, but for some reason, with these black quarterbacks, all of a sudden people are like, oh, no, like they're, you know, the the, the hook is so quick on these guys. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you give some of these other guys just like the, the longest leash ever. But for some reason, what feels like his second year in the league, you're already ready to write him off. And it's just like, come on, man, like let him, let him progress. Like he needs a better team around him. He needs better weapons around him. You kind of look at some of the other t- like Herbert walked into a great situation with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, the running a great rack, coach, Brandon Staley. Have. Yeah, knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, he may or may not be great. Let's let's cop that. Oh, he's this. great. Oh, he's great. Okay. Okay. But but yeah, like you get you get some things like the Bears are clearly rebuilding. So it's like, how much do mm-hmm. you expect from Justin Fields to, right. to really kind of take this team over the top? Like, can we just get them some more weapons, get them a better offensive line, get them a better, you know, the the run game is solid. So, you know, continue to improve there. But get them some top flight dynamite receivers. Like Darnell Mooney is good. You know, they just got Velas Jones back yesterday. Like, you know, Equinemius, St. Brown is solid. But like, he needs that number one dog, like that alpha guy. And he doesn't have that. And so until you get him a little bit more help and, and let him just continue to develop, And let him continue to get some more reps in under him i think he'll be fine but you got to give him the same you know leash the same grace that you give some of these other mid quarterbacks that continue to make starts in the league over and over and over again like mitchell trubisky speaking of chicago quarterbacks he just got a chance to come back around as a starter like okay if you're going to give him these chances clearly mitch ain't it but you're going to continue to give him these chances Give. Feels those chances as well and let him see what he can do.
0: Velas Jones, a rookie, day three pick. Equinemia St. Brown, like can you name one starting offensive lineman on the Bears unit like what are we talking about I don't know what they're gonna do I would assume they'll roll with him at least one more season as the starter I would assume they know they're in rebuild year but if it was me and I mortgaged my future I traded up I gave up two first round picks for this guy drafted him in the top 12 and I haven't surrounded him with any talent yet there's no way I'm even thinking about cutting the cord on him they gotta not only get better just all around I mean there's just talent wise we talked about before the season this was one of the worst rosters in the NFL, probably bottom five. But uh, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, they got to surround him with more talent. Dude hasn't had a chance. He really hasn't. So that's not on him. So I don't know what they're going to do. I would assume, again, they'll roll with him at least one more year. But if it was me, all's I'm doing next year, it's just like when Matt Rule drafted all defense in the draft one year, his first year as rookie head coach, I would just draft all offense and go spend some money and get this dude some playmakers around. All right, yeah. that's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Vikings, NFL, and more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast, too. Free and available. All platforms. Subscribe. Drop us a five-star review and find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night. Up on CARE 11, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.